So we are in a new sermon series in July. Say with me, yay. Great. My name is Marinus. Uh, I lead uh, IFL Church, and I am so excited to be here in the evening service. There is such energy uh, with you guys tonight, not only youth, uh, but so much energy, and I'm so excited for what God is doing in Centurion and Highfelt. And so the new sermon series is all about our month of fire. And so every year we've decided, me and Yaku, we're going to have a fire month, which is all about the Holy Spirit. Every year it might fall in a different month, but the month of July is our fire month. And so we're starting off with a promise uh, the first week, the anointing, uh, the mandate in the fir- third week, uh, and then we're going to have an encounter service uh, the last Sunday of July. It's going to be awesome. You're welcome to join us with that. But, but the, the whole experience of us not only identifying, but welcoming in the Holy Spirit is such an integral part of who we are as a church. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity of, the, of, of God. And so everyone has a specific role, and we're going to visit, uh, and so, so, so I'm going to dig into that role tonight. But before we do, let's pray over the Word and ask God to bless it. Father God, thank you so much that we can be here tonight, but I pray that you will pour out your blessings upon us through the ministry of the Word. Thank you that, you, that, that when we speak the Word, it comes alive in us, Father God, and we will never, ever be the same again. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So it's not on the board, but you can quickly uh, turn to Numbers 23 in your Bible. So I want to introduce you. So here is a Bible that it doesn't lose battery power. You'll never be found out and it's going to go by the wayside. It, is, it looks like this. It's in a book form and you can actually write in it and uh, underline scripture. It's an amazing thing, the Bible. Still the number one selling book in the world. Amen? Amen. So Numbers is the Old, Old Testament. I think it's the fourth uh, book, and you're welcome to read with me uh, in chapter 23, uh, verse 19. So there's a conversation happening, uh, and it says, Rise, Balak, and hear. Give ear to me, O son and Zippo. Uh, and I want to I wanna create a platform uh, and a foundation of what our word is going to be tonight when we speak about the promise. And so it starts and says, God is not man that he should lie. Or a son of man, that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and he not fulfill it? I don't know if you know, but sometimes before we meet someone new, someone says something about someone else. They sort of pave the way for us to know this person, and they testify, they give testimony of who that person is, amen? And so before you meet them, you've already encountered something through a testimony, but the whole Old Testament, through to the New Testament, there's constant testimony about who God is, and we can understand and know tonight who He is. He is definitely not a liar. He's definitely not someone that says something and doesn't do it. And so there were some promises made yesterday in Loftus. I don't know if you know, but it's been done. Okay, and so, so it is cold, so I'm just going to zip it up. But ultimately, for me and you, there's sometimes we make promises. I don't know if you've been there before. I've actually uh, applied for a job when I was much younger, 
and then I got the job, and the, all the promises that were made uh, in the interview didn't happen. Who's, who's experienced that before? That is just crazy. I don't know, you, they make promises and then keep it. I don't know if you know, but sometimes we cover up our iniquities or so, our shortcomings by doing what? Someone asked us, did we do that because we said we would? And then we say, yeah, I've done it. But then you haven't. And so we are fallible. Sometimes when I prepare couples for marriage, um, I also always start when we have the conflict session, we go, um, people promise things at their wedding day. But then people are fallible. Some of them lie because 67% of South Africa's marriages is not working. Someone lied somewhere in between. Either there, I don't think it's there, but through the marriage, something happened, something changed. But tonight we're going to look at the promise that was promised to us, me and you. And so when we read this scripture again, so for me and for you, sometimes we say things, we promise things, we allow something to happen, and there's two promises for me tonight. The one is that's made out of faith and patience and godliness, but then there's another promise that we make when we fall by the wayside and we've done something wrong. I don't know if you've spotted someone, but you can see a guy buying flowers at the Willies by the amount of flower, flowers that he buys that he did something wrong at home. Amen? Have you seen that before? He comes out with this amount of flowers and it's just, it's just roses on the one side and lilies on the other. And you know, so there was a promise made and not kept. And so sometimes we make promises to cover the stuff that has gone wrong or the lies that we have allowed not to play out in truth. Amen? But if we read this again, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and he will not do it? Or has he spoken and he did not fulfill it? Our God is a God of truth. And so, there's a scripture, John 7, 38, that says, Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow f- uh, from uh, within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not been glorified yet. And so, for us to understand, the Spirit was given after Jesus, um, he's given his life. There was an offering that needed to happen. So in the olden days, when we worshipped, blood was actually spilt. For us to bring an atonement of worship to God, it cost them their best. Amen? Sometimes when we worship, we worship with our least, or it's the last a piece of energy that I have to give, I'm going to give to God. In those days, worship was given the best of what they had, and they sacrificed that. Blood was spilled. They, they killed something that was so much worth to them. But God was still more. He was still more worthy so that even the most important thing that they worshipped was still beneath God in giving Him praise. Amen? And I'm asking the question tonight. I'm, I'm asking, what is it 
that you value so much that we sometimes keep back our worship to God in its fullness because of that thing. Can you think of it quickly? Can I give you 30 seconds? Think of one thing that is so valuable for you tonight, but that you are willing to give it up to glorify God because he's bigger even, even that thing that you value such a high place. Do you have it? Do you know what it is? If you don't, you start living. There are always something that is so important to you and me that it sometimes takes the place of who God should be in that place. Amen? But when the Holy Spirit comes, there is the gift of the Holy Spirit, but also the promise of it. So we can make promises, but there was a promise made of a lamb that was supposed to be slain, and that's a golden line right through from Genesis to Revelations. God promised the, the lamb, and the, the lamb was slain in the New Testament. There's nothing that he said that hasn't been done, but then Jesus spoke about the promise that will come. And so in this fire month, I want you to understand that he is someone to be sought out. He's someone to be, to be, to be uh, um, respected and, 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 and someone that, that if you seek him, he will reveal himself to you. So the person of the Father is someone that we love because he takes care of us. And Jesus, our Savior and our friend, the one who saves us. But the Holy Spirit, the one that helps us. He's the one that comes when you and I have no more to give, no more to say, no answers for life. And then the Word of God helps us to understand that if we allow Him in our lives, He's the one there helping before you run out of petrol, before you run out of juice, before your spirit is empty, when we understand the working of the Holy Spirit, we will never run dry. We will never be thirsty again for the worldly things, but we will thirst for the Holy Spirit. Amen? Can I tell you that there is one thing that unctions the Holy Spirit more and more in our lives? It's through prayer and reading your word. You were thinking it's something different, isn't it? It's still the revelation of the Holy Spirit is still found in our prayer life. It's still the number one thing when we read Scripture, He breaks it open for us. And there's four things tonight. I believe that the promise of the Holy Spirit is to us firstly, to connect me to God's presence. And let's read uh, through John 14. He says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate, to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. He's not giving us anything else. He's giving the truth that he's spoken from, from the, the foundation of the earth. He's still being true. He's still, all his promises, he's still rolling out. And, and, and still God is faithful. So the spirit of truth is given. And sometimes I'm wondering, Marinus, are you walking in the full truth of who you are. And I can tell, to you, uh, tell you right now, honestly, sometimes I'm found out. Sometimes the spirit of truth might be in me, but sometimes the spirit of Marinus comes out. 
And do you know why we cover with lies? Do you know why we share half-truths? Not because we're sons uh, of, of, of Satan, no, no. We're already sons of God. But do you know why we do it? Is we don't feel covered enough. Sometimes we have to cover with words and with our lives or what we do or with money or with possessions or with talents. We think we can cover ourselves, but there's nothing to cover us like the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's not on the outside alone. It's from the inside out. The Word of God says uh, that the Holy Spirit is like a fountain of living water coming from the inside over us. And it's just running and never dries up. And so he says further, the world cannot accept him because it it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So here's the thing. We need the world, uh, we need to, to, to let the world see Jesus. And then they will understand the Holy Spirit. If we do it in the right order, the Holy Spirit will be filled. It's not the other way around. Where the door to the Father is still through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through Jesus. But then, oh, then the Holy Spirit comes. And so firstly, we connect to God's presence. He connects us to God's presence. You and I need to understand that we need to cultivate. We need to practice. We need to be in a rhythm seeking the Holy Spirit and the connection of the Spirit. Because he is the one that is guiding us. Anyone can tell me what is the role of the Holy Spirit? Anyone? Raise your hand. Tell me. Popcorn moments. Here we go. Say again. To guide us, yes. Comforter. Anyone else? Say again. Hmm? Yes. He convicts us. Anyone else? What's the role of the Holy Spirit? Helper. Who here in their life do not need a helper? Anyone? Who here needs a helper? Oh, I need a helper. I do. I not only need a PA, a personal assistant, which I do need two of, that I have gotten now, praise God, but ultimately we need a helper in the Holy Spirit. And so, Matthew 28 says, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, and on every occasion, even to the end of age. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we cannot lose Him. When we have it, He's there. And He he inhabits our praises. And then I'm asking, what are you praising? When He inhabits it, I'm asking, what are you spending your worship time on? I want you to be excited about prayer and reading your Bible and spending time with the Father and the Son, but also the Holy Spirit, who is the presence given to us that is God's presence. When we engage Him, we understand the Father better. When we engage the Holy Spirit, we understand the gift that was Jesus better. And when we engage the Holy Spirit, we see lost people like the Father did and also the Son. And then we know how to step into the working of the Holy Spirit when that happens. Amen? Oh, come on. So number two, number one is, He connects me to God's presence. Secondly, He teaches me to know God. How cool is this? 
He teaches me, John 14 says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, and the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So Jesus went off and he said, listen, my time's finished. I didn't say everything that I wanted to say to you. I'm sorry, but I'm going. So he apologizes, but then he also says, but look, I'm giving you something that's better. And he's, and he's basically saying that for me, for, for, for the promise to be established in your life, I need to move on. I need to go so that that can happen. Why? Because it was foretold. The prophets spoke about it. And so 2 Corinthians 2 says, For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Do you know what God is thinking? Work through the Holy Spirit. Then you will know what He's thinking. He says, What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. And that is in conversation. And that is in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that is in a walk with the Holy Spirit. So that when we bump our foot somewhere in sin, we go, sorry, Lord, I apologize. No, no, I repent. I will not do that again. I'll turn my, my back on sin. You know what the number one problem is for believers of Jesus? Believers in Christ in the movement? Insane sin. We go, oh, come here. You can walk with me. Lord, I love you, but oh, I love this. And it sort of starts to get heavy. But I can do it. I can, I can own it. But then we go on worshiping God with this and thinking it's fine. But then later we pick up another sin. Oh, that's not that bad. It's not that heavy. Oh, ouch. It is that heavy. Sometimes it hurts you. But then we get to a place where we are tired. Oh, goodness. And it's uncomfortable. And ultimately we go, Lord, what have you done to me? You find yourself in a place carrying sin with it, and you don't understand it. You know who you and I blame for this? God. We blame the Father for this. He asks us to put down sin in full repentance, turn away from it, and walk away from it. Because He knows it'll burden us. He knows it'll slow us down. And He knows it will end your relationship with the Spirit. Because even God says he cannot stand with one foot in the world and the other in heaven. You can't have it both ways. You can't be a believer, a full-out believer, but then you entertain sin on this side. And listen, I know what I'm talking about. Next week, the 13th of July, write it down, I'm 43 years old. I can tell you about sin. I can tell you about sin before Jesus, and then I can tell you about sin with Jesus. It's not great. It'll steal from you. It'll rob you. It'll end you. The end of sin is still death. Don't twirl with it. Don't play with it. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit is on the line. Amen? And so, number three. Firstly, it connects us with the Spirit of God. It teaches us to know God. Thirdly, it helps me to walk out my faith with God. It makes me bold. So this verse in John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. If Jesus was arrogant, and if he was a jealous one, 
then he wouldn't have gone because he didn't want want to make space for the Holy Spirit. But no, he knows his role. You and I need to understand our role. We need to understand that when receiving the Holy Spirit, there should be action. Listen to this. He says, uh, in 1 Corinthians, he says, for for who knows a person's thought, oh, sorry, my bad. Um, Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Who here needs joy tonight? Who here needs peace? Who here wants hope in their lives? You receive the Holy Spirit for that. If you're downtrodden, I'm wondering what your time looks like with the, in the Spirit of God, that time that you have there. I'm wondering, I'm not accusing, I'm asking. And sometimes I ask myself, sometimes I have been asked by Yaku, hey, how's it going there with your relationship with Jesus? Because you know what? Sometimes our mouths, our actions, our works, it testifies more than what we just say we believe. We will live out what we believe. Not just in words, but in actions. And so, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. So He helps us, strengthens us, gives us energy. But Romans says, For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep, uh, too deep for words. It's like a woman going through labor, giving birth. It is painful, but then the joy comes when she sees the baby. Amen? And so here's the thing of God. When we push through in the Spirit, we do not give up until the revelation of the Holy Spirit comes through. You need to push through and not stop. If you haven't received something, you're like, you haven't stopped praying. You can't stop praying right now. The breakthrough hasn't come. Someone's saying, please, can he end it right now? I'm almost finished. Point number four. He convicts me of my need for God. You know why? Because sometimes we grow tired. We grow weary and then we lose focus on God. And so this verse is incredible. He says in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is, oh, sorry, my bad. Um, Romans 15, 13. May the God, oh, no, I'm in the wrong space. John 16, 8 to 11, my bad. I'm almost asleep here, I'm sorry. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of its sin, and of God's righteousness, and the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to, to believe I am. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. But the first part of, Rome, of John 16 says, And when he comes, he will convict the world of what? Of sin, but also righteousness of God. So he doesn't accuse them. He shows them sin, but he shows them the way out. He shows them the wrongdoing, but he gives them the door of opportunity to see Jesus. He brings us hope. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Do not show him away. Do not stop with the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. I beg you. I want to move from the scripture into a, a moment of where we're going to trust the Holy Spirit for you tonight. We're going to trust the Holy Spirit for connection to you right now. I am trusting through the scriptures and through these four points where we understand that the Holy Spirit helps us in the pres- to, 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 to connect us with the presence of God 
to teach us to know Him, to help us to walk in faith and boldness, and number four, to convict us of our need for Him. Do you know what I have a problem with this generation? The biggest problem I have with us right now is we think our opinion of things and our thought life trumps everything into full truth. And that's not true. If it's not in the truth of the Father, it's not true in the truth of the Son, if it's not truth in the Holy Spirit, if the Spirit of truth does not uh, combine what you are thinking, feeling, and saying, then you are out of line. Can God be out of line? Does God lie? No, He doesn't. So who's at fault here? Probably me and you. The possibility of it is there. Tonight I want to tell you, it is. It is you. It is me. We're in the way. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Allow the Holy Spirit to come in, to change things, to move things. My wife the other day, she walked into um, the, the TV room and the, and the lounge area. She goes, I want this the other way around. I go, me and the two boys go, what? She, she says, yeah, I want them turned around like this. So, in really good communication, but also obedience to my wife, we changed everything in an hour and a half. And you know what the first thing is that Catherine said? I don't know if I like it this way. But tonight, when the Holy Spirit rearranges your heart and your spirit, it's going to be good. You're going to like it. It's going to change you. You're going to grow. Amen? Let's do it. Can you? Can we? Is there someone on the keys here? Or are we going to play the... Austin. Austin. Oh, come on. Let's give Austin a round of applause. Come on. Yay. I'm going to get this out. It's a bit hot in here. I'm going to show the fullness of the, of the, of the obedience and the... I want you to have Numbers 23 in your heart. Will you say this with me? Can I go before and you repeat after me? God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and he will not, and he will not do it? Or has he spoken and he will not fulfill it? The Word of God says, if we are saved by, by the cross of Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit, then He fills us and we will be able to do what Jesus did and even more. It's not a, it's not a thing of, of doing more than Jesus did. It's doing what God has asked of us. Go therefore into the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything that I have taught you. Do you obey everything that you have been taught? Are you truthful in your life and your walk? I feel that God wants to align us tonight with His Word in truth. Will you pray with me? Let's close our eyes. Father God, thank You so much for Your truth, Your Word, Your Scripture. Father God, I pray right now that You not, you don't, not come in in accusation, but You come and reveal sin in our lives tonight. I pray that you'll convict us to stop with that habitual thing that we do over and over and over. 
I pray that tonight people's bondages will break of religiousness, of pain that has been caused by other people. I pray that forgiveness, Lord, will come in and people will be set free of the bondage of of unforgiveness, of holding grudges, of of digging into the past. That'll stop tonight. I pray tonight that you will heal people as we spoke the word. Lord, your word, your truth already healed people while they were sitting here. These people that, that had, I see back pain, headaches. I see someone with a wrist problem. You had a right hand wrist problem. It's gone. You've been healed. Are you here? You had a wrist problem? Anyone? There's no pain? Anyone that had headaches and it's gone? Anyone? Anyone that had neck pain and it's gone? Is there a testimony of that? There's a testimony of that right there. While the word of God is spoken, the Holy Spirit unctions and he restores. The Spirit of God hovered over an empty earth and it brought order. Do you want order in your life, yes or no? If you want order, stand up. I want to pray with you. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say that this is the season, this is the hour and that He is waking up our church and our movement that He is pulling in everyone with talents everyone with scripture everyone with someone to give I, I hear God say uh, uh, the, the day is, n- is now that He's stopping people ministering outside for themselves, but they become part of family and spiritual family, and they will minister outwards from out the, the, st- the stability of a loving community church. God is inviting you to send you out. He's pulling you in to use you. But we need to say, Lord, my life needs to be aligned by the Holy Spirit. And we're going to give 30 seconds for that before I pray further. I want you to connect with the Spirit of God, the living God, right now. I'm just going to speak in tongues. You're going to, exp- you're going to connect with Him right now. Yes. Not by might, not by power. But my spirit says the Lord. Bondages fall off. People are freed tonight. They are healed tonight. God is removing the lid that you have put over your heart to say, This is enough. This is all I want from God, nothing else. God is removing, His Spirit is removing the lid of what you have boxed Him into. Allow Him to unbox the idea that you have of Him. There's a gentleness of the Spirit here tonight. Do you feel it? Do you experience it? He's here. He's right here right now. I want you to give him the one thing that you precious. Give him the one thing that you need to offer 
say, Lord, I want to exchange the most important thing in my life I'm placing at your feet. And I am receiving the fullness of the Spirit tonight in Jesus' name. Do it now. Do it now. Give him your all. God has an appointment with each and every one of us waiting at home. He says, go into your room, close the door behind you, wait upon me. I pray, Father God, for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit on our church, on our movement in Centurion in South Africa. We need you more than ever. You are our helper. We honor you tonight. In Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you just for a, a powerful, powerful world. You can quickly take your seat. Um, friends, we are so expectant just for this month. Um, and while Marinus was preaching, um, so two things can be a hindrance to you. One is a lack of knowledge of the Holy Spirit, um, where there's a, a lack of knowing the person of the Spirit, and then obviously not knowing the gifts and the working of the Holy Spirit. But it is impossible for you to have a vibrant, fruitful Christian life apart from the Holy Spirit. Um, you can go and test that in the Word of God. Apart from the Holy Spirit, it's impossible for you to walk in the fullness of God's plans and purposes for your life. The other side of it, and that's maybe if you grew up in a charismatic church, is familiarity with the Holy Spirit. Where we become familiar with who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is holy. Holy. That alone should cause us to fall to our knees and worship Him. The Holy Spirit is holy. And our desire for this month is that the imprint of the Holy Spirit will be deposited into our hearts and the fruit of it will be that you will have a vibrant relationship with God. Otherwise, Christianity will become burdensome because you have to try and do most of it in your own strength. It will become tiring and it will even be discouraging because you will keep on falling back into the same sin. And sin only produces death. So may we pursue the Holy Spirit. Um, I want to encourage you throughout this month, make more time to pray. Make more time to read your word. If you don't know where to start, read John 14, 15 and 16. And even if you just meditate on those three chapters for the rest of the month, it will do you well. It'll serve you well. We pray together Wednesday mornings, 6 to 7 online. We pray together Friday mornings for the men, 6 to 7. We pray together Sundays before the morning service, before the evening service. Why don't you challenge yourself this month to step into the pursuit of the Holy Spirit through praying more and devoting yourself to the Word of God? God will show up. He is not a man that He will lie. Whom of you have stuff that you are trusting God to come and do in your life? We have promises, Rhett and myself, that we're holding on to. If God was a liar, then we would have zero hope. But God is not a liar. So we can keep Him to His word. And the Holy Spirit affirms it because we doubt. We forget. We become discouraged. 
So may you be blessed through the word tonight. Marinas, thank you. And may God continue to speak to you throughout this month. For those of you visiting us for the baby dedication tonight, thank you for being with us.